Welcome to Utilizing Tech, the podcast about emerging technology from Gestalt IT. This season of Utilizing Tech focuses on edge computing, which demands a new approach to compute, storage, networking, and more. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. Joining me today as my co-host is Alistair Cook. Thanks, Stephen. I'm a blogger and a trainer and an analyst, and I have a side interest in microcontrollers and been working with embedded uh, systems since it was 8-bit microcontrollers and clock speeds in the kilohertz. So I'm interested to see just how much things have changed in the hardware that we're deploying out to solve these edge solutions. Yeah, that's the a real good point, um, Alistair. You, you and I are both uh, data center veterans and have in, experienced edge uh, retail environments. And it used to be that these things were a total mess. It was all a bunch of proprietary hardware, um, specialized systems. You had to buy different things from different vendors. Even the backhaul, the network, the management, everything was completely proprietary. Yeah, nobody trusted anybody else. There was no consistency. There was no underlying platform that was used across it. When you needed to provide Wi-Fi for your customers, it was a whole other connection coming in. When you, you, you bought your inventory control system and it was a new appliance really that just got shoved into a rack and you paid ridiculous amounts of money for these things. And they didn't provide any kind of advanced services or anything either. I mean, you know, failover, things like that. They just, they just were unheard of. A lot of the stuff had to go back to the central office and, you know, I think that a lot of that is changing, as we saw at Edge Field Day, um, and as we are going to see at the next Edge Field Day event, a lot of people are standardizing, uh, commoditizing. In a way, it reminds me a little of cloud and a little of the data center, but with a real edge twist. And that's why we've invited uh, Raghu Bwate, uh, VP of Product Management and Customer Success uh, for Zadita, to join us today. Uh, welcome to the show, Raghu. Hey, welcome, uh, Stephen. Uh, how are you doing? Great. It's great to have you here on episode one of this season of uh, <laughs> Utilizing Tech. We'll call it Utilizing Edge. Um, we saw you present at uh, Edge Field Day, and I think it's really interesting because the, the goal of Zadata seems to be to build commodity hardware and standardized, a standardized platform for running applications at the edge. Is that right? Uh, yes. Um, so... Uh, <clears throat> Zedita does not actually build hardware, but what we wanted to do was uh, commoditize uh, how people can consume Edge. Uh, again, uh, how people consume Edge, how people develop Edge. And this is the same uh, theme that we have seen uh, earlier, uh, both in the data center and in the cloud, right? These are very specialized, uh, high-skilled kind of environments. Uh, but once you actually have abstracted out uh, the high skill nature or the specialized nature of it, then the adaption of those environments uh, became like exploded. Um, the same thing with the data center where people started actually consuming it uh, very high scale and also the standardized way of developing things on data center. And now take a few more years uh, afterwards and the same exact trend we saw happening on the cloud, where now the hyperscalers were able to provide this very, very specialized kind of services. But uh, for the people who are consuming it, uh, it was a very standard, very easy way to consume. And more importantly, for people who are developing it, it was a very standard way of developing. And this uh, created that explosion of uh, use of uh, uh, both the data centers and the cloud, and also the services that could be offered on top of it, right? We currently see 
a very similar trend happening in the edge, eh? where uh, it is a very special uh, beast in itself, right? Like it is definitely for all the reasons that you were talking about, everything right from the hardware to uh, all the services and the applications and the, how people consume it. It's a very different thing than cloud and the data center. Uh, but once those uh, specialized uh, functions are abstracted out and it is provided as a platform where, uh, where this platform is now consumed by the customers or the end users in the same way that they would consume a data center or the cloud uh, and develop applications for it, then you can use uh, the same workforce to like uh, do this, uh, do consume edge. Now, by doing this, what we feel um, at Zadida is that like you can uh, you can bring a lot of services, a lot of applications to uh, to uh, to the uh, edge much quicker. Uh, you can bring them in a way that is economical and that makes it uh, very very e easy for uh, the end user to use. And that is what like uh, I feel about uh, uh, the commodity side of the picture, right from hardware all the way to the services. I think there's a, a really important part in here of seeing a sort of unified platform that instead of the disparate platforms that Stephen and I were talking about in the older edge solutions is that what you're bringing is, is a platform on which you can deploy a variety of things, but which delivers a whole collection of services towards making it easy to deploy those applications. Is this a trend you're seeing with, with the customers who are actually buying the platforms? Are they uh, tending to standardize on this one platform at their edge locations? Or are they still being left with a lot of legacy architecture that they can't necessarily bring across? Um, we actually see a very high desire of, like, uh, um, of standardizing on one unified platform, right? Uh, but the reality is the reality. So they, uh, the uh, customers have actually, the end users have actually already invested um, in a lot of platforms. And these things are going to stay. Uh, they are not going to be yanked out in, in a day just because there is a new shiny thing uh, that people can get their hands on, right? So the trick and also the right thing to do is to be able to give uh, a path out uh, of uh, the current platforms uh, or integrate into those platforms so that uh, you are not uh, going to incur a very high cost of moving from one to another. Uh, but providing that path is the most important thing because uh, there are uh, applications and there are services that are being offered by the current existing platforms that are the bread and butter of these companies, right? No one is going to take the risk of like saying, hey, I'm going to yank this whole thing out, put a new thing in, uh, because you are this, this is an unknown commodity at the end of the day. Hey, and uh, by providing that uh, seamless path of like uh, step by step, small steps, uh, what you can do is like you can take uh, the desire or you can fulfill the desire of saying that, okay, I'm, I'm currently operating in one way, eh, but the other way of the unified platform that can now, uh, uh, can, that can now help me implement my edge is the right way, but how do I go from one to another? And doing those small steps, incremental steps is the most important thing. But the desire itself is clearly there and it is almost like a stated goal in every single one that we talk to. But I think it's it's important to recognize the dirty secret of the edge, 
which is that it's not all Docker containers and newly built applications. There's an awful lot of legacy Windows applications that are still running out there. And you need the unified platform really does need to support those as well. Oh, yeah, definitely, right? And uh, uh, this is what I was talking about, the bread and butter. Uh, there are so many uh, applications, right, from your SCADA applications to the homegrown things that are running. Uh, and uh, again, I think like we are all dating ourselves by talking about Windows. I hear uh, people coming to me and telling, hey, my legacy Linux VM, right? Like, okay, so like that has already become a legacy. Like, okay, and like uh, my legacy Docker. Uh, I don't even want to go into that picture. Uh, but the thing is, like, uh, talking about uh, uh, Windows, uh, Linux, and Docker, and uh, newer runtimes, all of them together uh, is a norm right now, okay? I have not been to a single call uh, where people are talk coming to us and saying, hey, we have this huge fleet of Windows applications. We want you to, like, help us manage it, right? That is not what we are seeing. What we are seeing is, hey, we have this huge fleet of Windows applications or Linux applications that we are we depend on, uh, but there is a digitization that we want to do, and we want to go from A to B. And B is very clearly a containerized world, uh, and it is not just about the form factor of the application, but what you do with it, how you interact with it, right? So those that is that is the place they want to go, and uh, they don't want to go in one shot. Uh, most importantly, they want to be, they want to have that insurance of like, I want to keep running this. I want to add these sidecar uh, applications that will provide this value on the existing one. And slowly I want to move from my older generation applications to a new generation applications. And that is what we see. Eh? And I think that is the right way of going because uh, these applications have been built to run for like uh, tens of years, right? And now, you are not going to go and yank them out, and it is not the right thing to yank them out. So gradual, that is that is what we see. And if you're going to be reinventing anyway, you might as well reinvent on uh, modern uh, infrastructure and uh, standardization and uh, virtualization and containers and you know, orchestration and so on, instead of uh, you know deploying more, uh, <laughs> I guess, future technical debt. Uh, one of the things I want to bring up as well is, and we're going to be bringing this up on every episode this season, is edge and edge and edge. There's different edges and there's different places that we're talking. Uh, Raghu, I I'd love to get your perspective on this question. So uh, when you are looking at people deploying a um, standardized uh, commodity, commoditized uh, infrastructure for running applications, is that more prevalent in, for example, retail or industrial IoT or, you know, all the other locations, mining, transportation, um, food service? Where is, uh, which areas are, have different different needs? Um, so uh, there is a, a very clear desire to uh, commoditize the hardware, Right. Um, it's happening for multiple reasons. And uh, if we go back in uh, uh, in time, um, not forever, right? Like five, six years uh, ago, too, uh, applications were built for hardware. So people would choose a hardware and say like, okay, this is the hardware. These are the specs that I want. Everything from environmentals to ruggedized to like compute to IO and everything else, right? Uh, in security too, they would say, okay, this is what I have. And like, I want to build applications for this. Uh, that has changed. 
uh, that has changed because of multiple reasons, but it has changed basically because uh, it's very easy to produce a level of compute nowadays uh, that is cheap, uh, but more importantly, it's also reliable to a certain extent. Again, there are still uh, very large uh, sectors which have to deal with the specialized uh, pieces of equipment, right? Uh, that That is not going away. But equally large uh, areas of the edge are now talking, taking a step back and say, do I really need to spend so much on this specialized equipment? Can I not just have uh, uh, a commodity hardware and put that resiliency and all the other intelligence into the software layer rather than into the hardware layer, right? So that is what is happening. We see that quite a bit. So... But I agree with you, but is that more prevalent in, in, for example, retail or food service than in manufacturing? Um, are there different verticals that are more willing to go with commodity platforms? Um, so I, I would say like uh, the retail uh, uh, sectors, uh, uh, the manufacturing sectors, the energy sectors, all of these sectors are trying to, or verticals, are uh, trying to go to the commodity hardware, right? Um, they are trying to go to the commodity hardware. I have seen people uh, who used to run real-time operating systems uh, on like a very, very specialized equipment uh, in industrial space uh, telling me that like, uh, I want to like take away that, uh, that specialized equipment and I want to run this real-time operating system on a commodity hardware, okay? You name it, right? That is one thing that is happening. The second, a very important thing that happened, uh, at least in the past few years, is just the supply chain uh, issues. Because of the supply chain issues, what happened is like uh, all these industries really got a jolt, right? When uh, you have a service to deploy, you want to deploy that service. And now when your service is dependent on a power supply not being available in a supply chain somewhere and your whole fleet not being able to deploy. Now people are taking a very deep look at like uh, their, their, their actual service uh, uh, chain. And then they're saying, if I am dependent on these kind of things, then like I am going to like have a risk in my service deployment. And now they are forcing everyone up the stack uh, or their vendors saying that, I don't want to be tied to a single hardware uh, platform. Neither am I tied to a single architecture. I want to have uh, the ability to like pick and choose uh, multiple different types of hardware, but I want you to make sure that your applications would be able to run on all of this. Give me the minimum viable hardware that you want, that you want so that your applications can run, and I will source it from five different places. And once you do that, you should be able to run these applications. So what that makes, uh, it, it's a very big change in my mind, right? What it makes is like it creates this uh, uh, barrier of entry or it lowers that barrier of entry for these hardware, uh, hardware vendors. And now a lot more people can uh, join that uh, group. And because there is a lot more people that join the group, there is more innovation. There are more different varieties of hardware that are available. You can get something that is available where the parts are available for 10 years and cost X amount of dollars versus the same similar kind of a, a hardware where now the parts are only guaranteed for three years and it costs Y, right? Now, depending on your use case and depending on what you want to deliver, you can choose X or Y. Now, that is a very big sea change. Uh, and also the fact that these both X and Y are 
these hard hardwares are also very reliable to begin with. Now we are not talking about a reliability of 70% versus 90%, right? We are talking about a reliability of 90% versus 95%. So you have already crossed that one barrier. I think there's there's been quite a change in what constitutes commodity hardware as well. I've been seeing a, a trend that x86 CPUs, which is fundamentally what's driven all, a lot of our virtualization, uh, are turning up in things that don't look like a PC. Even from mainstream vendors, we're seeing smaller and smaller things. And uh, at, at Edgefield Day 1, uh, we talked a lot about Intel Nooks as being a really small form factor. But there's a lot of more of the industrial type small form factors, the fanless, big heat sinks, lots of I.O. ports on them that still come under the, the category of, of being commodity. Those, those sorts of things would not have been interchangeable 10 years ago. And so I think that's, that's where um, you know, Raghu's point of, about that supply chain risk is being reduced because you can simply switch out from the device that's unavailable to another near equivalent device very much more easily. Neither of these devices are things that, as a normal IT consumer, you'd expect to see on your desk. Uh, but they are still replaceable, interchangeable, and, and that, that whole idea of being commodity hardware. Um, it's, it's gotten a much wider range of what is commodity than what used to be. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Alistair. Uh, the other portion that makes this uh, hardware commodity is are the applications that are running on top of right at the end of the day the way you develop those applications make this a commodity if you are tying your application very very closely to that particular type of hardware or that particular model then it is very hard to make it commoditize but uh, in the trends and especially and uh, we you have to like uh, go back to the cloud and how cloud is being developed uh, or the applications for the cloud are being developed right like you don't really know what hardware is underneath so everyone is developing for whether it's a virtual machine or a container or some other form factor, right? What you're developing is uh, based on a framework that has nothing to do with the hardware underneath. And on edge, uh, it's a little bit more trickier because uh, you're not going to say like, hey, I want to deploy something on a cloud, but like it needs to have the serial port connected to it, right? That, that's not a very common thing, but it's a very, very common thing on the edge. Uh, so one of the things that you, uh, that is happening is just in terms of the virtualization of these uh, this IO oh, and virtualization and like uh, sharing of these resources uh, among multiple different applications. Um, and this is a very big step towards commoditizing the hardware. It's not just about the hardware and the availability, but how you use it. By virtualizing, by introducing that uh, virtualization layer on top of this hardware, and then being able to like run your applications on top of that virtualization layer and being able to like pass this IO, or whether it's ethernet, whether it is GPUs or a serial or USB or a display ports, right? All of these things, when you do that, now all of a sudden your, your application is no longer tied very, very at the hip to this IO. And that is a very big change that happened, I would say in the last five to six years that makes this whole process possible. And also the form factor of that virtualization layer is has become smaller and smaller. Uh, so now you can dream about putting those things onto very small. So for example, the smallest uh, device that is in out in production in very large scale with Serida uh, is uh, a form factor of a Raspberry Pi. Okay, we are no longer talking about this large specialized equipment to run virtualization, right? We are talking about these very small devices 
uh, that will run virtualization and you can develop uh, applications on these devices just like you would develop applications on a very large device which has a full-fledged uh, virtualization layer on top of it so this is something that makes the whole underneath layer a uh, commodity eh? and because these two things are coming together in the last one or two years or three years uh, that is where like you can now take advantage of the full stack yeah, I've definitely experienced that. Um, I, I've pulled out my hair uh, trying to figure out which port is this thing? Um, how come it changed? You know, how come the, the USB port is specified with this completely different uh, nomenclature on this other system? Or even, even a different port, a different device is suddenly dev what? Um, yeah. And similarly, I've pulled out my hair trying to use a lot of oddball uh, small form factor hardware. I mean, no dig against uh, ARM generally, but in my experience, a lot of the Intel small form factor hardware is just a lot easier to understand and to use than a lot of the more um, specialized, uh, you know, you mentioned Raspberry Pi. I know you were just using that as an example for the form factor, but honestly, a lot of those uh, alternative ARM platforms and so on um, well, it's hard to get everything up and running, get all the devices working, figure out the device driver situation. Whereas, you know, I think one reason that the Intel NUC has taken off so well is because they freaking work. I mean, they're standard chips, standard interfaces, you know, you can run standard software on them. And, and it's just a, a much more friendly and supportable uh, environment still. And of course, we're seeing, as Al mentioned as well, uh, this whole world of fanless uh, solutions that use everything from Xeon D uh, down to you know the the, the Pentium and and in uh, you know next generation you know Atom. And we're looking forward to seeing where Intel's going with that, where AMD's going with that, to see even more you know fanless, ruggedized, sealed boxes. So all of these things, I think, are contributing. But one of the things you said in there, Ragu, that really I, I think resonates with me is is kind of flipping that upside down and looking at the standardization of the application. That is so true. Um, you know, the, none of this can work if the application expects specialized hardware, but increasingly applications that are being run out there are able to adapt to a virtual environment and, and have come to be expecting a virtual environment. Um, is, is there any um, any ways I think that, that you're seeing um, a, a particularly strong in that or particularly weak in that in terms of the applications that are running on uh, an environment like this? Um, it's not about strong or weak, but I want to think about it as uh, simple and complex. Um, so there are uh, applications that are running uh, where they are developed uh, assuming that a set of resources are available. Now, it is they are not tied to the hip in terms of the exact same resources, but they would say, hey, I need an Ethernet port, I need a GPU, I need a, a display port and a USB to do whatever I want to do, right? So that's one kind of an application um, where um, the application definition tells you like every single thing, eh? and now you just deploy it. And you deploy it based on the resources that are available. If the, you want to deploy it at a site where the resources are not available, you just go back and figure out another place, right? Or just if that is the location that the application needs to deploy, then you say like, okay, this is not possible at this time. That's the, I, I, I consider that uh, falling into the simple, uh, simpler uh, applications where it is very black and white uh, uh, to say. But then there are the other types of applications that are becoming more and more prevalent is uh, people are taking this large um, 
stacks of application uh, that they that they are used to running in data centers and like uh, uh, cloud and everywhere. And they're saying like, why can't I run the same thing here? Uh, it's uh, now the application is not about a single uh, entity, but it is the full breadth of all the things that are done, right? Um, so you can connect you it will start with a connectivity solution especially when we are talking with in the edge right it can be connectivity or a wi-fi or a lte or uh, um, or an ethernet but then uh, sd1 or a cloud connectors these are things that come in like very very easily there uh, and then they always have like a firewall element uh, uh, ids ips element those things are already part of that and then there are virtual machines containers runtimes you name it so as a whole, this uh, application is providing an outcome, right? Now, all of a sudden, the complexity of that application uh, increases quite a bit uh, because it is no longer about like, am I running a VM or a container? It is about, am I running all of this in a certain way that the outcome is satisfied, right? Sometimes like uh, even a very uh, sophisticated uh, uh, techniques uh, that are used uh, in the Kubernetes world or uh, in uh, uh, in the cloud, uh, where horizontal scaling or resiliency, the auto restart, all of these things are put into this into place in this application definition. Now, those are the things that make Edge very, very interesting uh, on one hand, but they also make it very, very similar to like uh, the applications or the solutions that are deployed in uh, the cloud or the data center. And that is where a lot of uh, the commoditization that we talked about comes back into the picture because you have done this once, right? And now the demands that are put on the infrastructure there are very heavy because now you are taking uh, two or three smaller, very small devices. Intel Nooks are a great example or even ARM, right? Like ARM is not as mature and as standardized, but it is getting there. And we see a lot of ARM too. Okay, so now you take these things and say, I want to do exactly the same thing that I have done in my data center, but in a smaller scale. But the number of moving components in that, in terms of the applications, connectivity, security, everything, those things don't change, right? It's just the 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 scale in terms of uh, the performance of these individual components might change, but the number of components and the connectivity and the dependencies between them don't change. And now you have to deploy and manage and the life cycle of all of these things at the edge, which is a completely different ballgame. Yeah, we do like to say that the edge isn't like the cloud, and yet it is like the cloud, because we, we want to be able to deploy applications out to our edge locations the same way we deploy them out to cloud locations. We want to be integrating with our CI/CD pipelines to get the application updates out. Um, and But we don't have you have the massive uh, elasticity that you get with public cloud, where you're, you're essentially building this tiny micro cloud at each of your edge locations. Uh, yet we still want to be able to have that pooling and sharing of resources, as well as there's a really important thing of having the multiple stakeholders in there as well. On a single edge deployment, you may well have three different business units who have applications down at that one edge location, and that they're all authorized to make changes just to be a little part of it. And so there's a whole lot of that you know, security foundation we expect from a cloud that needs to be built into the solution. There's, there's a lot of cloud that's an edge, but there's a lot of cloud that can't be done at edge. And you know, it's, it's, there's a little interesting dichotomy there. Oh, I, I, it, it is. And uh, the way I look at it is like uh, it's, it's an evolution, right? When, when you went from uh, uh, the individual um, uh, 
computes or computers in 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 a place to a uh, data center you took all the good things that you learned from there and like you applied it to the data center and then you brought in a whole bunch of other things the same thing happened to the cloud and what is happening is that because edge is the next iteration of this technology curve what is happening is all the good things that are built in the cloud everything from the uh, the way applications are developed everything from the ci cd pipelines uh, how they are deployed uh, at the end locations whether it is edge or cloud people are thinking okay I really think this is the right way of doing because this works perfectly well for me in the cloud. Okay. And they're not think, thinking about like, how do I, uh, what are the, what is the thing that actually works in the edge? What they're saying is like, this is a perfect way. How do I make this work on the edge? How do I make it as seamless as possible so that when I have to deploy an application in the cloud or in the edge, then I do it in the same way. Right. That the, the, all the goodness that we have uh, developed in the past few years or in a decade in the past decade in the cloud side is now being implemented on the edge so i think like uh, all those things will come to the edge but like you rightfully said right it is the scale is not about uh, how many compute or how many endpoints do i have in the cloud like uh, is it a hundred thousand is it a million now it is more going to be the scale of how many clouds do you have right these are these small, small micro clouds and now you are talking about uh, 10,000 of this. You are talking about 100,000 of this. And how do you manage 100,000 clouds? No one has done that before, right? And it is a completely new kind of a, a problem that people are trying to solve. Uh, but the good news is that like there is a lot of learning that we have done in the past, uh, and uh, we are trying to address that. Uh, but I, I don't want to forget what you said, which is very, very important. It is about the stakeholders too. Uh, it's not only about how do I deploy these applications. When it comes to Edge, uh, because there is no real uh, single entity that owns it, everything from operational groups to security groups uh, to development groups to, like you said, there can be multiple operational groups in the same place, right? Now, how do how do you make that happen? How do how do you make it so seamless that when people try to like go and uh, try to deploy an application? then they don't have to think about 100 different things to just make their single application happen right by abstracting away all of those things that is what we will that is what will make uh, edge possible and that is actually what will make uh, edge scalable in terms of uh, adoption yeah i'm really optimistic about it simply because of what you mentioned i appreciate you bringing that up ragu that we really are bringing the best of uh, the things we've learned in data center computing, the things we've learned from cloud computing, especially. And we're uh, seeing those adapted at the edge in, in really exciting and interesting ways. Uh, some of the things are being used, um, well, in ways that would surprise uh, people, as we will, uh, I'm sure, be talking about with Kubernetes. Some of the things are being used in ways that are quite predictable in terms of commodity hardware. Um, but all of those things, I think, are uh, really taking the best of the past and bringing it forward into this new environment. And I will say one thing as well, that uh, especially as we learned at, at Edge uh, Field Day, uh, the companies that are approaching Edge from the perspective of this is something new, this is something different, and I need to keep in touch with, as you say, the stakeholders in order to develop a product that's appropriate for this, I think those companies are doing much, much better than the companies that look at it and say, let's see if we can throw what we used to do into this and see how it works out. 
because that's just never going to work uh, because it is such a different environment. Nobody, as you say, nobody's ever had to manage uh, thousands of endpoints, thousands of locations, thousands of clouds before. And, and it, needs, it takes a completely new uh, mindset. Um, so I, I really appreciate this conversation. Um, thank you for helping us kick off uh, season five of Utilizing Tech, uh, where we're going to be focusing on edge computing. Uh, Ragu, before we go, uh, where can people connect with you and continue this conversation? Um, I think like uh, all the things that we talked about today um, are the base principles, are the founding principles of why we created Zadita. And uh, this is uh, something that you can experience today. You can go to Zadida. Um, there is a self sign on. If you want to experience Zadida, just go in there, uh, zadida.com, www.zadida.com, and just sign up uh, on the self sign on. And you can then start experiencing what it is to do this in a programmatic way, uh, deploy these 100,000 edges if you want to, and be able to like do a fleet management of all these edges and do it in that is driven by intent and driven by policy rather than one at a time, right? Um, so again, www.zedita.com, uh, um, just go in and like uh, use the self sign on button uh, and click away and uh, start experiencing Zedita and see what Edge is really about. Thanks for that. And uh, I would also recommend checking out the presentations from Edge Field Day One, which you can find at techfieldday.com or just Google Zedita and Field Day and you'll find them. How about you, Al? Well, you can find me through my dimitest.co.nz site is where I write my own content, but also it's really a big part of my life is being involved with the V Brown Bag podcast and having community members helping to educate other community members. So take a look at vbrownbag.com or the YouTube channel for V Brown Bag. We're everywhere and hopefully we'll see some of you in person at events like uh, VMware Explore. And maybe even we'll see a return of the Build Day Live events this year. I'm really looking forward to getting back to doing that, Trevor. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. I definitely recommend checking that out. And it's also a great community, uh, especially, as you say, on site at those events. Also, please do look out for another Edge Field Day event coming. Again, go to techfieldday.com to learn about that. <laughs> and uh, you'll also, uh, I do recommend checking out the Gestalt IT uh, rundown, our weekly news show on Wednesdays, as well as the on-premise IT podcast every Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Utilizing Edge, part of the Utilizing Tech podcast series. If you enjoyed this discussion, please do subscribe in your favorite application. Uh, you can find us in pretty much every podcast application uh, under Utilizing Tech. And please do give us a rating or review. Uh, I know everybody asks for that, but it really does help, especially now that we're changing topics here with season five. You can also find us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube slash IT video. This podcast is brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to our special site, utilizingtech.com, or find us on Twitter and Mastodon at Utilizing Tech. Thanks for listening to episode one of season five of Utilizing Tech, uh, Utilizing Edge, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>